0: Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is January 3rd. We're making it through the week. It's finally Friday. Finally, Friday. We have great cool weather. I want to say winter weather in um, Southern California, but I have to tell you, the sunsets in the winter are absolutely amazing. They're like orange and pink and yellow, and they just keep on going for miles. I mean, people stop their cars just to see what just happened, and you cannot help but be drawn to what this is, what is going on right now. So it's kind of interesting because I got a question from, I think it was Susan Aurick on the, and I have to go back to it right now, sorry. There's like questions all over the place today and I I have to find them all. Um, Who says, we have seen fires and storms and the like in quantities and qualities unheard of before. Why are we still not acting? Acting takes a long time to coordinate. The world is a big place. It's not like someone can say, Okay, I know what to do and I'm gonna do it. There's a couple things going on and I actually spoke to weather people. One of my one of my best friends is, is a weatherman and um so I'm always interested in the weather. But at the same time, There is a natural progression in our world over from the beginning of time till now of things changing in increments, small little changes, but over years make bigger changes. So why are we still not acting? Because we are coordinating. We realize there's a problem. Some people decided there is. Some people decided there isn't. They're fighting it out over in a corner. But yet the people who are convinced they are taking action, and they are speaking out. And I think one of the – we need the political system, but one of the more foolish things is to try to convince the political system because until you get a few people in there who really believe it, it's hard to get in. But you have to be able to try because then you will get someone. And that part has already started to happen, where in some of the largest countries that can maybe take action – there are people sprinkled in that are saying, "Hey, my God, this is real, and we need to pay attention so it's um just a matter of time. It may not be in our lifetime, but a great example of that would be that when I was a kid, we had such bad pollution, and i was this was in the seventies. we had really bad pollution. I remember them saying, you know, don't use aerosol spray cans. And I'm like, well, stop telling me not to use it. Stop making it. Why are we making it? It's not about who's using it. Why are we making it, selling it, and then telling people not to use it? That doesn't make sense. And then we had the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, started at that time to protect our environment. But at that time, because how bad our air was, I mean, we had air quality forecasts, not only weather forecasts, but air quality forecasts. At least by the time I moved to Southern California in 1985, that's what we had smog alerts, regular. If I was flying into LA, coming back from Chicago, there was a brown blanket covering the entire city that we would break through and breathe. So over time, smugglers went away. Cars fueling black smoke went away. We have better air quality now than we did then for sure. Better air quality now than we did in 85 for sure. But it happened over time in increments. Once we identify the problem and get over the fact that it's a problem, then we start to act on it. So we are acting. We've already started the million baby steps is on the way, but we have to be patient with what that means. That's pretty much that whole thing right there because I just remember my mom saying there was a year where there were like a ton of tornadoes, ton of tornadoes. Um but it's, it's it was an interesting thing when she said, "Yes, in the um What did she say to me about it? She said, in the world, this is happening here and this is happening there. These are all signs of the end of the world. My mom passed away in 2008. So that's, this 2020 will be 12 years ago. And the world is still here. We think stuff because we read stuff, we hear stuff, we see the projections of stuff, and then we think it's all over. But the bottom line, really, is that the world needs to continue for us to continue learning. We're not all doomed. We're not all going to hell. We're not all in trouble. We're here to work this stuff out. All these scenarios, the government, the politics, the people, the hurting, it's just whatever level of anger exists in our world today and how it's being played out ultimately should take us back to people first. Right now, people aren't first. If a group of people die here, we say, oh, that's, you know, what are we going to do? They're dead. Compassion, unless it's your family member in a big high official place that can make laws, make differences, because that's their job. Unless they're affected, sometimes the reality of what's going on is hard to see. So when you think like that, when you think like that, that this is gonna go on. You have incentive to do your best. Innately, we have that incentive. So things will always get better. In balance, there's more good than bad. We just hear about the bad more. So don't feel like you're doomed, we're doomed because we're not. Kind of interesting to see how we play out really interesting. So thanks for your question. It was a very timely one. I have another question. Hi, Nadia. This is a question or maybe a topic. And I would like to stay anonymous. In my experience so far, I am noticing that when a man and a woman are friends, if one is attracted to the other, in this case, the man is attracted to me, there really cannot be a real friendship. Is it all men? But I find that I want to win me or to, to make me like them. What it turns out into is a one-way street relationship where they talk, talk, talk about themselves all the time. And there is no real interest as they do not seem to ask questions about me. Yet they say how they will be there. I've been exploring this topic in other people in this situation, and I find one or both of the people of this kind of friendship are fooling themselves and one or both are using each other for some reason, even if it is a cure for loneliness. But I question myself so much in my intent and I cannot have a relationship, such a relationship. So I know all men are not the same, but do most men really want to get to know the woman they are attracted to? Maybe we get thoughts from men on the page or radio page. Thank you, Nadia. Well, men, get on the radio page and write. Do you really feel you could be friends with a woman? It's the only way we're going to know. I am friends with men, um, but I know that I've had to keep it there. Not all of them talk about themselves all the time. Sometimes it's me doing all the talking. Sometimes it's them. It all depends on the day of the week. Um, However, I do keep it there. I am not looking for relationships with people. Um, I'm fine in that arena. So I know what I want. But if I see somebody circling, then I may say, are you interested in more than a friendship? Because if you are, and I just call it out, so that it's on the table. Because I know in my time when I was younger, my dad used to tell me that a man and a woman can never really have a friendship. He's interested in her. It doesn't mean you can't have the friendship and be interested, but you have to be interested too for that to work. But if you're not interested and you want the friendship and you see the guy circling around, you have to call it out because he needs to know, so he also, if that's his motive, can make decisions based on the truth. That's my opinion, but it's only my opinion. So, I want to hear from the men. You can fill up the radio page and let us know for for the guys that we have, how do you feel about a boy-girl relationship, and what do you usually want back from that kind of a relationship. So, thanks for writing, and I hope we get answers that help you other than my experience because I'm a woman, not a man, and I will not know what to tell you as a man. So thanks for the question. It is great because a lot of times it is a cure for loneliness. It fills in. Um, There was a man who talked about dating yesterday. I saw him on television who was giving the dating advice of the year because it's the new year. And he said, get out of relationships that you know you're not fully tied into so that you could make the space in your life to meet the people you need or want to meet. And um, and I know that for a fact is a very true statement because I know people who stayed in relationships, they knew deep down they did not want to stay in, but they stayed because they were lonely, because they didn't wanna be alone, because they didn't want to go through a breakup, they didn't want to go through meeting someone new, and then while they were in the relationship, they met someone that was, in quotes, the love of their lives. So then that weirded them out because now what were they gonna do? And now it's gonna look like they had planned this all along and you know all this anger and all this crazy stuff starts coming into play. So we have to really Pay attention to what we're doing. Asking questions is the best medicine we have. And the reason it is is because we're usually scared. We're scared to ask ourselves the questions we need to ask ourselves. I get it. A lot of questions I didn't want to ask myself. And then, you know, there comes that day where I'm like, all right, what am I really doing here? What, what am I doing? And why am I doing it? And what am I scared of losing? Because when we don't listen or question ourselves, we lose ourselves in the equation, don't we? Kind of crazy, huh? So ask yourself questions. See what happens. My next question, Christopher Sedgrey, Nadia, here are some questions, more questions for you. In the book, Origins of Truth, Christ said, I am not the Holy Spirit. And if there is a Holy Spirit, it is the souls of each drop of God. How do you think this? What do you think this is about? Why do you think, what do you think this means? What is this actually saying? What do you think the Holy Spirit is and what would it be like that the Holy Spirit of God is present? Thanks, Christopher. I saw this vision after I saw Christ on the treadmill when I was in the midst of thinking of everything but what I what came to me. And I saw like these little raindrops of God, I saw like a hand in the sky, a big hand. And I actually commissioned someone to paint what I saw. She painted, she's now passed away. She died from cancer shortly thereafter, but she didn't believe in God before she met me. So there was a reason why I met her, but either way, she painted a hand and said, I've never painted a hand before. And I love how this looks but she painted it with water just washing out of the hand onto a globe, which was earth. And my vision was that water breaking into individual raindrops of every single color of people. It was like the entire range of God. Because when we make too much of what we are learning about God, Like, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, it's God, and we're not God, and we're not as good as God, and we're bad, and we're sinners, and we're hell, and we're this, and all this garbage that keeps floating in our minds, questioning our validity as human beings. Christ tried to say, hey, wait a minute. Just put on the brakes, guys. Every soul... On earth is God. From God. The only difference is we came here to try something, to see something. What happens when we can't see that pure love? Where do we go with that? And we're looking at it right now. We can see it. But deeper inside, in our dark, which is mentioned in Origins of Truth, which is the pit of our, the deepest part of us in our bodies that knows the truth, tries to guide our free will. The Holy Spirit, it's just God's spirit. We we put names on stuff that makes us feel damned holy then we think it's better than us. God is different than us. When we go home, we can see that because when I saw that, I did not feel weird in front of God. I felt more weird when i was when when my veil came back because when I was with Christ, it was gone. It was gone. And then when he was gone, the knowledge was gone, and I could not remember it. The crazy part was was that I knew what it felt like to have it, and that I remembered. And all Christ is trying to say is giving a soul the weight it deserves, the meaning it deserves. You're actually the one person who keeps telling me we are not souls over and over again. But you can have that argument with Christ. I'm not going to have that argument with anybody or that pitter-patter back and forth because that's how Christ talks to me. And so if, if that's something, I can't change that. But we are all... We all have God in us. That's why even the atheist wants to talk about it. They're just not convinced while they're here. But when they go back, they'll know. That's why Christ says, run, don't walk away, because you are not the person to fix that person, and they need to find that person. Just like I said about dating, same thing. If you are in a place that you know is not your end-all, Do not stay because you will not find the person or you will wait. And you will find that person at a time when you end up hurting others as a result of that in some way. God loves us for real. Not just God loves everybody. God loves you. Period. Period. He's not up there taking a tally to see how good or bad you are. Our lives are a body of work. We are the spirit of God. Christ is the angel of love. That's his job. That's my connection with Christ. I was born always loving people from the get-go always seeing their best. And until I was 40, I did not have the tools to reach out to people and bring out their best and tell them things, because I had nothing to tell anybody. But once I saw Christ, I had something to say, because I'm saying what he's telling me. So I'm here to as a reminder and it's it's not like the reminder, because Christ told me, everybody already knows what you're going to say, but only after you say it, because they need to be reminded of that spirit, that soul that we have, that has the entire contents of our entire existence, and it's with us here. But the veil is very real. Very, very real. So when you ask in the last question, what would it be like that the spirit of God is present? It would be like love. Love. When we feel pure love, we lose concepts of time. We lose anger. We understand our flaws. We have compassion for our decisions, we can account for the stuff we've done, that's where prisons, you meet people who say, I only read the Bible, because it's the only book they'll give them. And thank God, if they're going to give them anything, that's a book. Because at the very least, it gives people a snapshot. I would love my book to be in prison. And I know I'm saying that Origins of Truth book, that one of the three. Because it gives us a clear insight into ego so that we have recognition. So every time Christ said, Help is on the way that book was part of the help is on the way if you could see my book my my actual origins of truth I don't know if it would if I could take a picture of it and send it but I have more bookmarks in my book I read this book four and a half times I stopped reading it about five years ago and now I just pick it up and read a page because now I know what was before and what was after and I have it just, it, it looks like it's, you know, when you have a good well-worn sweatshirt that you put on all the time and it's the one when you get home you want to put on because it's the coziest one you've got. That's my book, Origins of Truth, in my home. I like original love. It's more of a, a captured, I wrote that book in the daytime, which was a different writing than Origins of Truth, which I wrote in the nighttime. Because origin of the truth, you have to really think about how clever Christ is and how smart I wasn't. Because I just didn't understand the use of words and language to the extent that Christ used them. Christ did not tell me, oh, Nadia, you're gonna write books. That's not what he said. He said, oh, Nadia, You are going to author books. There's a whole difference than putting your name on something and you actually writing the book. Because he wrote that book through me. But he used my life's experiences and the experiences I had to face to teach me what he was talking about. And even then, I did not get the full extent of it, which is why I keep reading the book. Because the more I know, the more I can see. Because our spirit is of God. Which means we are endless like God. We are infinite like God. When we leave here, we go somewhere. I had to be with my mom when she died to see that. Not just to know it, but I saw it. I saw her leave. So anyone who says there's no God or there's no life after this or whatever it is I hear, I gently say, God, please show them somehow that what they're saying takes away from them. They don't get to see the whole picture. And I like when people can see the whole picture because it made a difference for me. So that's what all this means to me. That's what it means when Christ said it, as I understand it today. When you say, what do you think this is about? It's about understanding, period. What do you think this means? It means that there's a lot more to us than we know, but we are here to discover that. So let's have fun discovering it. What is this actually saying? I already answered that. Why do you, What do you think the Holy Spirit is us? What would it be like that the Holy Spirit of God is present? you've encountered it from time to time in purity we all have we all have so i hope i answered your question and i think there is one more and if i can find it i have to like scroll through because it's funny you know i i placed the um Questions Friday in four different places. So when I start getting questions in inbox, you know, it's it's everywhere. So it's kind of fun. Um, and let me see in chat as well. I think we're okay. All right. So here's a question from Chris Kipwood. Hi, Nadia. Hug. What does it mean to hold the light? Thank you. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to take a wild guess on that one. Not a good guess. What does it mean to hold the light? I wish I could, I had a panel and I could ask everybody, what do you think that means? Just understanding your light. Understanding that we are not perfect, but that we are pure. Because we are. We are whatever injuries we have if we can understand that wow everybody has injuries I'm here to have an injury these are mine you can sit down and list them this is where I got hurt this is where I got hurt this is where I got hurt a lot of the self-love class I did because on the radio I can talk but in the class there's like, you could see me, which is probably scary enough, but you could see me. And it's it's something that can live after I live. And what does it mean to hold the light? We well, have yeah, got to find it. You've got to acknowledge it so that it can light you. And that acknowledgement, always knowing there's something in you that's special It's that light. To go back to Christopher, the other Christopher, because we got Christopher and Chris. To go back to Christopher's question about the Holy Spirit and God being in us. Knowing that. Because that is our greatest resource. Our greatest resource is knowing that we are a part of God because the more we know it, the more we can live up to it. Because if somebody walks around, I have 60 seconds left, so I have this thing buzzing in my ear. But if we walk around knowing that we're a part of God, we will act differently. When we think we're bad, we act in a disrespectful manner, not only to ourselves, but to others. To others. So let's pay attention to the good in us because it will breed in us, the greater good of us. It's already there, but without our acknowledgement, without our permission, we don't interact with it in the ways that we could. So I hope that answered everybody's questions. I will see you guys Monday morning. Have your first Great weekend of 2020. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.